Hello world, welcome to episode 4, 2017, Year 9 Skeletal System. Big shout out to Mr. Coglin for all his fan mail this week regarding our podcast. Glad to hear people are enjoying them and utilising them to aid with their understanding of this unit. The really exciting part now, having completed lesson 4, is we're really close to the end of the unit. So we should have lots of information on board and now the point or the aim is to try and master that and get that real understanding of how we can apply and how we can utilize all this understanding in the conversations that we're having or our understanding of sport and things that happen in sport. So we can sort of refresh back over a whole range of different things today, which is kind of cool. If we look at joint movements as a start, that's a um, key aspect of our understanding of movement in physical activity and being able to describe joints happening at various describe movements happening at various joints around the body. I'll get it right in a minute, guys. If you can do that, then we can start to analyze which bones are involved and down the track, which muscles are involved and how that is all working together to enhance our performance. So flexion and extension, quite simply, if you imagine uh, holding something in your hand, bringing it closer to your shoulder, so you're gonna achieve flexion at the elbow there, just by holding something in the hand, if you've wrapped your fingers around it, you'll get flexion at all of those joints between the phalanges, of course. So the interphalangeal joints, there will have been flexion occurring there. If you then opened your hand, you would have extension of those same interphalangeal joints. So flexion and extension can happen in small movements, in fine motor skills, but then also in gross movements, in big body movements. So if you think about running or jumping, then you're gonna have flexion and its opposite partner, extension, happening at those big joints as well. That will happen at the hip, at the knee, and you'll have plantar and dorsiflexion at the ankle if you are executing a jump as well. Adduction and abduction, it's just about remembering to get them in the right order. Abduction, taking away from the body's midline, adduction, bringing it back into the body's midline. Rotation and circumduction sometimes cause some confusion. The important thing with those is remembering that circumduction is when one end of the limb or one end of whatever is moving is fixed and the other is not. So for instance, if you are bowling a cricket ball and you've got that real straight arm, that long rotation or rotational styled movement happening around the shoulder, if the shoulder's fixed and the hand and the forearm is moving around in a big circle, you've got circumduction occurring there. The ankle, we've mentioned a couple of the movements that happen at the ankle earlier on in dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, because both movements are a type of flexion. Okay, the way the joint changes, they're both a type of flexion. However, plantar flexion, pressing down, dorsiflexion, lifting up your feet. Okay, another strategy for remembering that one. If you're talking about plantar flexion and pointing your toes, they both start with T, or planting the foot if you're driving a car. Mr. Winter Irving's a big fan of that one. Plant the foot, plantar flexion, or dorsiflexion. Don't do it, Mr. Winter Irving. Don't do it, dorsiflexion, both start with D. Bit silly, I know, sorry about that. Okay, connective tissue. Three types of connective tissue. We need to remember them all if you think about your tendons, tendons are connecting muscles to bones. Obviously that's important because that facilitates movement. If you are looking at cartilage, cartilage protects bones. 
or acts as a shock absorber between bones. So it can protect the end surfaces of the bones and we do see that somewhere in the knee or the elbow where you've got that beautiful, shiny, smooth highline cartilage or articular cartilage on the end of the bones, low friction. And then also in things like the meniscus or the intervertebral discs, that's a cartilaginous or it's a cartilaginous body tissue. So therefore it's gonna provide some shock absorption when movement occurs. Really important that's in the knee. If you think about every time you run or you jump, the amount of force that gets put down through the femur into the knee and the loading up that goes through there, not only is it your body weight, but it's also the fact that you're carrying momentum into that. So if you're thinking about coming from a, from a height or with speed, the extra force obviously is going into your knee as well and you need to be wary of that, which is often why um, people might do injuries when that force starts becoming greater than what it should be. The other connective tissue type being ligaments. And uh, if we look to recent news and um, injuries there, and you'll look at someone like Joel Selwood, he's just done an ankle injury. And we're having a good chat about this one uh, recently amongst a few staff. So Joel Selwood, he's done an injury to what's known as the syndesmosis, which is a ligament that connects the tibia and the fibula just above your ankle. So if you think about those two bones, so if you're looking at a skeletal diagram now, or even just looking at yourself, look down at your feet, you've got the two bones running down. So you've got your tibia and then lateral to that, you have your fibula. When they get to your ankle, those two bones join above the tarsals down at your ankle. But what stops them from spreading apart every time you put force down? Interesting question because there's no bones on the outside of them locking them in place. So what stops them from spreading apart every time you put force down? Well, the answer is connective tissue. And in this case, the ligament or the, the one in question, the syndesmosis, sorry, I'm still making sure I've got my pronunciation right on that one. It sits just across the top and sort of stops the two anterior edges from separating apart from each other. So it's a bit of a fibrous connection across there. Um, not a whole lot of mobility between them, but uh, it is a ligament that is doing that one. Okay, so it's not a fixed um, joint, but it is, um, look, it's a bit more rigid than your standard joints, obviously, because you don't want it to be spreading apart and moving around. But obviously his injury to that has required some surgery to Im improve that condition for him. And hopefully he'll be back out on the field before we uh, have to wait too long. Well, I'm not the Hawks fan, so it doesn't really worry me how long it takes for him, but certainly for his own well-being, we hope he's back out into it pretty quickly. Anyway, Back to talking about the knee. Really important that you are able to identify all the different parts of the knee. And we have talked about this in previous ones, so I won't spend too much time on it. But the key features that you're gonna to need to be able to identify, obviously the bones involved in that joint, patella, tib, fib, femur, okay? And I know I've abbreviated there with tib and fib, but make sure you use the whole, uh, whole bone title when you're doing that properly. Knowing which is the meniscus, now, keep in mind that that sits on both sides of the knee, not just on one side, so that's both sides of the knee, knowing which the anterior cruciate and the posterior cruciate is. Now, the anterior cruciate, if you were looking from the front of the knee, the anterior cruciate is the one that you can see. 
Okay, so it, it attaches just at the anterior um, or towards the front of the tibia. Okay, so you can see it there and then it attaches back further on the femur from, from up higher. Posterior crosses over that and runs in reverse towards the back of the tibia, hence the name posterior. Your lateral and medial collateral ligaments are important to know and they sit on either side of the knee and they've got that really important stability role of stopping the knee from rotating or sliding off sideways. Obviously you don't want that to happen, that would be very painful. The articular cartilage is really easy to spot because it sits right there on the end of the femur and you can see it nice and clearly, really shiny, good, um, good identifiable marker there for that one. That's pretty much all of them. So if you can identify ACL, PCL, medial and lateral collateral ligaments, then you are flying. If you've got the meniscus, if you can identify the articular cartilage, then that's fantastic. The patella, the femur, the tibia, the fibula, all important as well to be able to name those. To take that one step further, and it may or may not appear in diagrams, it's always good to know, but knowing where the rectus femoris or the quadriceps tendon comes to, and then where the patella ligament goes to. Okay, now, yeah, they're slightly different, but that's where we're talking about our patella forming and, and the, the connective tissue that is attached to that. Okay, so, that's a nice synovial joint. What does that mean? You should be able to answer that and say, well, synovial is a freely moving joint, Mr. Hogan. That's an easy one. It has a nice capsule in which there is synovial fluid that is produced by the synovial membrane. That means that the joint's nice and lubricated. It can move around quite freely. No problems there. So you should be able to identify some of those things. Two other aspects that were covered during lesson four and sometimes can be overlooked when it comes to revision, is the difference between arthritis and osteoporosis. Now, they're not the same, okay? Arthritis affecting joints and connective tissue, osteoporosis more so with bones and bone density and bone strength, okay? So arthritis, inflammation of joints, it will cause stiffness, it will cause swelling, obviously, hence the term inflammation, and will be quite painful. Okay, and can be the breaking down of the cartilage that protects the ends of those bones. You get bone rubbing on bone, you get real painful joints, and that's not really um, all that nice. Sadly, if you look to the older population and the elderly, quite common in that area. Osteoporosis is your bones becoming more fragile or more brittle, and therefore increasing in their risk of fractures and becoming much slower in terms of healing. So how does it happen? We're looking there at the osteoblasts breaking down the bone faster than the osteoclasts can rebuild the bone. Now you don't need to know osteoblasts and osteoclasts, but hey, learning is learning and finding out new terminology is fantastic. So the osteoblasts are things that break down bone so that those minerals can be used elsewhere in the body. The osteoclasts are the parts that rebuild it. Now, if you flicked into the revision section and you started filling that in, hopefully you have smashed through the work in that. I would actually nearly even encourage you to um, really have a red-hot crack at that revision sheet before you go to the answers page. So I'm not going to run through answers and that sort of thing. Um, there is an answers page there that can help you work it out. 
you just needed to actually, you know, apply yourself enough to go through and say, okay, well, can I answer these questions on my own? Do I need to do some research? Do I need to go back through my notes to be able to answer some of these sections? Okay, all of these things, the labeling of the diagrams, you should be able to label a full skeleton by now. You should be able to walk in to a PE class or to a sports training session. You should be able to identify the bones that are involved in any particular movement and you should be absolutely killing it in that regard. Uh, if you've got any particular questions about anything we've covered so far in terms of the podcasts, then by all means, please um, send me an email or come and see me if you do. If you've got any other concerns, then have a chat with your teacher. I'm sure they'll be happy to rectify things for you as we sit at the moment. Uh, so we're in week four, which means that you'll be doing your test during week five. So I probably won't put out another podcast until we are into the muscular system. So stay tuned for that. You can always go back and replay previous podcasts to aid your revision. So take advantage of the resources that are there for you folks. Have yourselves a great night. Catch you later.